Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast, everybody. We are super excited to be with y'all today. The last episode, if you guys are tuned in with us weekly, we are going through the three main principles of obedience. Yep, yep. Last week's title, If you, again, if you guys are with us, then you'll know it. If not, we strongly encourage you guys to go back and listen to it, but it was bold obedience, always triggers opposition always triggers opposition for sure and we're going to be going into the next episode and that we've titled it bold obedience releases god's miracles um just to kind of recap on on episode 15 uh we were talking through it's a good thing when we uh actually face opposition in the christian life when we boldly obey it it uh it triggers opposition we see this in the early church and we referenced acts in the beginning of acts um, seeing a lot of uh, things that the apostles were doing and they were getting a lot of flack for it, a lot of opposition. Yeah. And that should that should encourage us as Christians to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of where all this started from. So the idea of um, obedience being a big piece of our walk with God, right? So we need to, we need to obey. And then as you, if you read through the first four or five chapters of Acts and where we're just looking at the early church, what you'll see is um, a massive amount of bold obedience to the gospel, to the Holy Spirit, to just just God's will. Um, and what I started to pick out of that was you can see through the scripture three, I think three main principles. There might be more than three. I could just I just saw three, three principles of obedience that I think applies to us too. And so we're grabbing these out of the early church. But then I also think that I've seen them play out in my life in the same way, hmm. um, and I think you will too. And, and so I think that that if if the early church um, is obedient and then sees these things happening, there is, by the way, no difference between us and the early church, right? Same Holy Spirit, same mandate from Christ, same commission, right? Same same goal to go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. And so there's no difference between us and the early church. So when we see these principles of obedience in the early church, you, we should see them in us as the church as well mm-hmm. now. And yeah. then I think that you can you can take some personal, um, you know, some personal examples of this and see it play out too. That's yeah. kind of what. So last week we were really talking through the fact that uh, every single time you boldly obey God, you're going to trigger opposition or resistance in your life, and that is not a bad thing that we need to get rid of. That is not a thing where we need to be like, oh, it's not fair. This should go away. Let's pass a law for this. It should be, nope, this is a really good sign that I'm obeying God because yeah. this always is the case. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the same thing with the second one um, is that when you boldly obey God, you always release his miracles. Um, you often see God's miracles, God's provision happen in a profound way. Mm-hmm through obedience you don't see it through anything but obedience i don't believe and so Mm -hmm. that's the second one but i don't think you can really you're never really going to get to seeing the miracle releasing the miracle if you don't obey and i don't think you're going to obey if you don't realize that opposition is going to come your way and Mm -hmm. so there's a building point there to it so if you will obey what god says 
go push through the opposition that's going to happen, you're going to see God's miracles happen. And so when we were reading through the last the last uh, podcast, we were reading through a little bit through three and a little bit through four and a little bit in five. Um, there's one verse I want to point out in Acts chapter five that will sort of get us going in this episode. Acts five, um, chapter, um, excuse me, chapter five, verse 19. And this is, by the way, this is Luke writing. This is Luke, the physician who writes Acts. So um, he gives you a lot of uh, details and facts like a doctor would. Watch what he says in verse 19. He says, and remember, they're in jail, right? So these, the, the, the apostles are in jail again. Mm-hmm. So at least Peter and John are back in jail again. 19 says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. You know, notice that the way Luke says this, there is no emotion whatsoever. It's just a statement. An angel walks in, busts open the doors, and says, get on out of here, right? And Luke has no emotion whatsoever. If that was me and I saw an angel, I'd be like, oh, snap. Right. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. I'd be trying to take a selfie with the angel. You know what I mean? Like, come here for just a second before you leave. Uh, and let's take a selfie. No, you're not going to believe this. It would be like one of those OMG moments, like literally, oh, my God, moments of this is a absolutely insane that this has happened. Mm-hmm. Right. This it's a I mean, straight up miracle from God. And then it blows our minds. So if that's me and I'm seeing an angel come in and bust me out of jail. I'm like, this is crazy. This is this is insane, right? This is this is you're not going to believe this kind of thing. But it's no big deal to Luke. Hmm. Like the way that's written, I mean, it's literally no big deal. As a matter of fact, if you'll go back through anywhere through here and you start to look at how he records some of these miracles, they're they're recorded in a similar fashion. It's like it's just kind of a statement. Like Luke doesn't write in there. And we were all amazed, and it was just crazy, and we were blown away. He's, it's just no big deal to him. And so you got to ask the question: Why is it no big deal? Like, why is it? Why is it just something that has happened? He records it kind of nonchalantly, and they just keep on moving on. And I think it's because when you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. He's not shocked by this miracle. They're expecting it. And I think it's because they have figured out in a very short period of time that when they obey, God shows up. When they obey, miracles and things happen, and they expect it. There's an expectation here of if I boldly obey what God tells me to do, he's going to come through in a supernatural way, and I get to be a part of it. He's going to come through, and I think that's why that's often how this thing works. When when we boldly obey – He's going to bless somebody else, and then we get the overflow of that. Like, we get to sit in the overflow of it. When we obey, there's this blessing that starts to come down on somebody else. That's what happens with them in Acts. I mean, they're, they're the ones – they're not the ones getting healed. The other people are getting healed. But then they're, they're walking in the overflow of God blessing and caring for somebody else. Um, and they're just not surprised by it. And when you're reading through the book of Acts and you get to that statement that they're just not shocked by God's miracles – because they're expecting them, uh, that's got to blow you away. Hmm. Like, it blows me away. That's one of those statements I just can't get past. Um, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that nothing ever goes wrong for them. They were in prison. So, this is not some prosperity gospel crap, right? And I say crap in full crapness because that stuff is crap, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not, this is not that at all. This is not believe and you receive. This is not. 
um, let me let me send some money to this guy on TV. He sends me a little holy water, um, and then a Lamborghini's going to fall out of my out of the sky into my driveway tonight. That's not at all yeah. what we're talking about. Um, they're in prison when this goes down, so we're not saying that nothing bad is going to happen at all. Stuff bad does happen, but miracles from God also do happen too. And yeah. so as they're walking in this obedience, we already walked through the first time, like last episode, that there's opposition that happens. I mean, they mm-hmm. are in jail. So it's not some sort of you know, prosperity gospel, nothing's ever going to go wrong. But what happens is, is in the middle of the bad day, the provision of God shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the middle of the opposition, in the middle of the trials, in the middle of the problems, which means you're going to have them. So that's why that prosperity idea is completely false. God still shows up. The provision of God shows up in a profound way. But we often get surprised by that. Hmm. I think that's one of the problems is that one of the reasons that we don't obey is because we don't necessarily believe that a miracle is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and so if we were certain that when we obey God, miracles do indeed occur. Um, mm-hmm. If we were certain of that, then we wouldn't be so shocked when it happens, yeah. right? And then, therefore, it'd make us step further into obedience quicker. Um, that there would be m- more moments where we would seize the moment of God said, "Do this," and I know that if I obey God, He's going to do something, yeah. right? God tells you to speak or say something to this person, and you and you tell yourself, "Oh, I don't know. They're not going to like me. They're going to they're going to dislike it. I might I might not have the words. I might not say it right." you've let the idea of opposition keep you from being obedient. Hmm. But if you believed instead, I know God told me to do this, I have to do it, and I know that if I do what God says, something's going to go down. I may not see it completely. I may not see it right then. It may not be this miracle that I completely see, but it's going to happen. You know, These guys are sitting in jail. They were obedient. They faced the opposition. They're sitting in jail. They didn't know. That they were not that they're going to be sitting in jail and the angel was going to show up was going to get them out and so that, you know but I think that they trusted that well every time we're obedient God comes through so God is going to figure this thing out right mm-hmm. if there's going to be some sort of miracle that's going to happen and the way Luke writes this to me is just it just shows that they're they're not shocked by what obedience does mm-hmm. they don't doubt that God still moves mm-hmm. we tend to doubt that God still moves. Which then keeps us from being obedient, and it all—it's almost like this vicious cycle kind of thing, right? Where if we were obedient, we'd have more miracles. But if we believed that God was was capable of miracles, then we would be more obedient. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of vicious cycle that happens all the time. But it does happen to you constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in large ways and small ways, it happens around you all the time. You cannot tell me that God is still not in the miracle making business. You cannot tell me. Because I think that we see it all the time on all different kinds of levels. We see it in large ways, right? So we've seen large ways where we were boldly obedient, we faced opposition, and we saw God show off, right? We, we've seen we've seen God heal people of diseases um, now, currently, not all the way back in the early church. We've seen that happen. But we also see God provision on small little ways where miracles happen every single day around us. And I think that everybody, if you could if you could look back over your life as a Christ follower, you know, this whole hindsight is 2020, right? It's really easy to look back and see. If you'll pause and you'll look back, I think you'll see where there was these small moments where you obeyed God 
and something profound actually happened. Hmm. Um, and they're all around us all the time. Like yeah. I got a, I got a couple of stories of some of them that I can share with you on this podcast um, that I think are small, but then they're huge all at the same time. I, right? wanted, to, I wanted to ask you one question before yeah. you get into the stories. Um, so would you say when we boldly obey or align ourselves with God in obedience, we're obeying his will. Definitely. And that's why that we see these miraculous things like God moving. And the only way that could happen is like, wow, the Lord's hand was on this. Yeah. It, it, it is a, um, to me, the miracles are confirmation that it was God's will to begin with. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that when we obey God, that's exactly what we're doing. When we obey what God tells us to, big, bold thing that we're scared of or teeny little thing like, you know, God tells me to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Any of those things, we are aligning ourselves with God's will and not our own at that point, yeah. right? If you look through these first few chapters of the book of Acts, I believe what you see is them lining themselves up with God's will by what they obey and then therefore seeing the miracles that come from it because they're getting their will out of the way, mm-hmm. right? Getting our own will, what we want, what we think out of the way and instead going, nope, I'm going to listen to God's here. If you're boldly obeying God, you're definitely lining yourself up with his will. Even if it's something teeny, you know, even if it's something small, you're definitely lining yourself up in those moments. And I think that that's something that we have to um, remember that I believe we're not going to see the miracles of God and this profound provision of God. I'd call that a miracle too. We don't see it without obedience. Without obedience on somebody's part, right? I mean, there's there's obedience that has to happen for that, and that's because you're lining yourself up with God's will. You know, um, I'm not saying that God doesn't just do stuff, you know, in, in people's lives that aren't obedient. I don't mean that. I just mean that <clears throat> that I bet you though it lines up with somebody's obedience if it wasn't yours. You know, I see this play out a lot of times where we'll have a grandma or somebody. A seasoned Christian older person who is praying hardcore for their uh, erroneous grandson, right? Their their prodigal grandson, you know, and and the, the the dude's just a mess. And then all of a sudden, you'll see something happen in his life that wasn't due to his obedience at all. It was due to grandmama's. And I think that all those miracles are tied back to some form of personal obedience, where we obey what God says. And he comes through. Hmm. We got to get to where we're not so daggone surprised about it all the time. And so instead, we see it as a guarantee, right? If I obey God, he's going to move. I don't know how, and I'm not going to limit him, and I'm not going to pretend like I know how he's going to come through. Um, But if I obey, he's going to come through. Hmm. Because if we knew that, if we knew that like they do, like what we just read, they seem to really just understand this principle really well. If we knew that, then we would obey more. Then we would be in God's will more, like you were asking. And what more do we need to do as Christians on this earth than to be in God's will? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So all of it kind of flows out of that. Yeah, and I think it's a great question, and I think that that God's will is sort of this mystical thing that we've turned it into when it's really not. Um, you can you can know what God's will is um, for your life in general and specifics. You can read the scriptures. You can know just from reading the scriptures. You know what God's will is. You can know what God's will is in the individual moments just by the leaning of the Holy Spirit on your life in those moments. Um, it's not some mystical thing. Most of the time it is found in how you obey what he's told you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and most of the time we're going to get to this later on, but most of the time what he's telling you to do is pretty much just laid out in his word. You just do that. Um, and you obey that (laughs) and you're good to go. Um, but there's so many things around us, so many small things around us all the time where we see this happening and we've got to not just dismiss those as cool moments. We have to remember them and go back to them because they'll call us to be obedient in other areas. Like, um, you may tell the 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 seatbelt story. Seatbelt story. We got two stories today. The yeah. seatbelt story. A couple of weeks ago, we told the pickle story. Uh, later on, I'm gonna at some point in some future episode, I'm gonna tell you the Adam in the back of the jail in the back of the police car I still story. Need right? to know that. <laughs> um, but this one uh, is the seatbelt story. So, and to me, it's just a really really cool example of how God works and His miracles work with obedience, even on a small level. Um, and I bet you, I bet you after I tell this story, I bet you those of you that are listening have similar stories in your life that have happened. Um, and they're, and they're about driving, right? I bet you they're having something to do with being in the car. So several years ago, um, and I want to say Olivia was about 10. So she's about to be 14. That's my oldest daughter. So four years ago or so, um, we are driving home. It's just me and her. Now, most of the time, I have all the kids in my car when we're headed home in my truck because I tend to drop off the kids and pick up the kids. The reason I do that um, is because I'm an awesome dad. No, no. <laughs> the reason I do that is because me and Valerie realized that if I had a bookend on the front of the day and a bookend on the end of the day, then I would be more faithful to God and not be a workaholic. And so if I start my day off by uh, getting the kids where they need to go, then I have started the day off correctly, right? And procrastination hasn't gotten me or whatever. And then if I end the day by picking them up or whatever, bringing them home, now I've ended my day to where I don't work late every single day and just focus on work, right? So that's the reason. It's not really that I'm a great dad. It's that I have a great wife who thinks of these things. But regardless, so me and Olivia on the way home, it's just the two of us because she has a school project. So she and I have stopped by Dollar General, on the way home, and if you are somebody who's not living in the South right now listening, you don't know what the Dollar General is, but the Dollar General is a miracle too mm. because the Dollar General will just pop up out of anywhere at any time yeah. overnight on yeah. random streets. It just fall out of the sky into <laughs> into Southern America. Um, so anyway, we're stopping by the Dollar General. They have everything. They're, and they're everywhere, right? I mean, they're everywhere. If you're if you're driving around going, man, there should be a Dollar General here. Uh, the next day, one will fall out of the sky. It'll be built, ready to go, and opened. Um, so in, in anywhere, in any place. Yeah. You mean driving along some weird country road, there ain't a house anywhere, and there's a Dollar you're General. in the middle of the sea. I have a theory. I have a, we're, all, we're so off track. I have a theory of um, church planting in the future that will end up looking like the Dollar Generals. I have a theory that uh, Dollar General knows that they can come into these small communities and that meet a need in those small communities, right? Mm -hmm. Church planting has gotten away from that. Church Mm -hmm. planting got to where let's go to the big communities where there's a big conglomerate of people and then the church can grow faster. But what the church recently needs to do, it needs to go back to being small and in the individualized communities. So what I think will happen in the next 30 years or so is all these little Dollar Generals you see, when they're not Dollar Generals anymore, they'll be churches. Anyway, so we're driving home, and uh, we had to do a project. So we stopped by Dollar General and got the project stuff. And so we put that in the back seat of the truck. Um, and so I let her sit in the front seat of the truck, which I don't normally do, but she's big enough. You know, it's not any of that. It's just, we hadn't gotten into the habit yet of her riding in the front seat. Cause she was still 
she had just gotten out of that age and size where she needed to be in the back seat. And so I let her ride in the front seat because all the project stuff, the poster boards and all that junk was in the back seat. So she sits up front. We're on the way home to get this project done. And we're like two and a half miles from home. And she looks at me and says, Daddy, will you please put your seatbelt on? Now, here's why I didn't have my seatbelt on. I don't know about you, but I grew up around here and nobody ever wore seatbelts. And so it is out of sight, out of mind for me, and it still is. It still has not become a good habit for me, right? I know I need to. I agree with the seatbelts. I just forget, to be honest, right? And then there are times where I don't do it on purpose because, you know, whatever the reason is. But I, I, I just, I'm out of that habit completely. And so it wasn't unusual for me not to have my seatbelt on. And it wasn't unusual for one of my kids to tell me to put my seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I'd say, yeah, I'll get to it in a minute or yeah, I'll ignore it. I, you know, I'll just be like, whatever, right? Mind your business. Don't tell me what to do. I'm your father. Um, but she says, Daddy, will you please put your seatbelt on? And I felt in that moment just this teeny little urge of the Holy Spirit. I can't even articulate it. I can't even put it into words. Just this teeny urging of, listen to your daughter. Like, do Just do what she says right now. Make her happy. Appease her. Show her that you listen to her. Show her that she has input and a value and opinion. Show her that that she can also that she can tell she can see something that's wrong in you and correct it, and that you're okay with that. It was just this teeny little prompting. I mean, it was this was all happening in like you know seconds, half seconds. And so I was like, "Okay, baby, I'll put it on." And so I put it on. It clicks. We're driving. 50 miles an hour, two miles from our house, three miles, something like that. It clicks. You could almost count the seconds after that seatbelt clicks. One, two, three. I mean, we've not had another word had been spoken. Hmm. I've barely gotten my hand off of where it clicks at. And this truck backs out into the road in front of us and we destroy it. It is a massive wreck. And the truck backs out from this spot where you can't see it to prepare for it. So we didn't break or anything. Like There was no breaking at all involved because he backs out from this driveway that has these humongous bushes around the front of the yard, the house, right around the road. And so you can't see anything until the truck's in the road. Hmm. And so he backs out in front of us, and we destroy him. And I'm on a, I'm on a big truck, and he was on a big truck. If it was a, if it was a car, if he would have been a car, we would have killed them. Um, if it, if we would have been on a car, we would have died. I mean, it was just, it was an incredible wreck. This massive T-bone smash, um, where we end up off the left side of the road after we hit running over mailboxes and all this stuff, we finally get it stopped. I mean, it is a massive, massive wreck. Um, and it happened literally seconds after I just felt this teeny little nudge to obey teeny little nudge. And none of us were hurt. And I had my seatbelt on. And if I didn't have my seatbelt on, I think we would have been in really, really bad trouble. I think I'd have been very, very hurt. Um, because it was just a, it was, it would, it was a crash hard enough that it would have thrown me through the windshield, almost guaranteed. Um, which is not easy to do in a crash because I'm a big guy, and I, I definitely think that's what would have happened. Um, everybody was shocked that we were all okay. And me and Olivia, and we, of course, we, we went to the hospital to get checked out and everything, but we were completely fine. The people that we hit were completely fine. And it was just this moment where when you look back on it, you're like, that, that was a miracle. Like, it was a miracle. 
And it all came from me obeying in that one little moment, this little simple little thing like driving down the road. And, and to this day, so you guys know how significant this is in our lives, every single time we drive past that spot, Olivia will say, crash site, you know, and then a few minutes later, she'll be like, you remember, you remember what God did that day? You know, actually, it usually goes like this. I saved your life that day. And then she'll correct herself and she'll be like, no, God did that. I mean, it's just this miracle moment that happened. I yeah. bet you everybody listening has some sort of driving story where there was some sort of close call or something and that God was moving in some way. And that now you can look back and you can attribute it to this miracle. It definitely was. But it was all about obedience in that moment. Mm-hmm. It, it, obedience often releases God's miracles. It's just that moment of obeying and that's on a small level. All this stuff through Acts, like I said last episode, it's on a ministry level. That's how it's written. But all obedience is obedience. And when we obey, we tend to see God come through in these profound ways. And I almost guarantee you that everybody listening has a story like that. It may not be exactly like that, but there's something. There's something like, you know, I was leaving the office. This happens to me all the time, too. I was leaving the office, and this person needed to talk to me. So I took a moment, and I talked to them. I felt like I should in that moment. And the, and then if I would have left at the right time and not gotten delayed by a moment of obedience, I would have been involved in this wreck that happened at that moment on my route home or on my way. I guarantee you everybody's got those little things. You've got to be aware that God is still in the miracle business, and he's doing it around us all the time. Some of them are huge. Some of them are small. Most of them we probably don't see, but they seem to all come back to some sort of moment of obedience. I will never forget that moment because it showed me what it means to not what it means to wear my seatbelt. Cause I'm going to be, let, let's be honest right now. I still forget to do it. Um, to this today I was on the way in and it was probably, I'd been driving probably for 20 minutes off and on doing stuff before I realized I didn't have my seatbelt on. So I'll never forget it because of that. What I, what I won't forget is, is that I know in that moment there was a moment of obedience and that God came through. It was obvious, obvious. And I can't deny that Olivia said that to me, but I also can't, can't deny that little moment of me just hearing the Holy Spirit and saying, do, it, do what your daughter says, mm-hmm. right? And me going, okay, all right, I'll obey. I'll obey this, this principle. I'll obey this thing. I'll obey this moment. I'll obey what you're saying, me, telling me to do. And voila, a miracle happens. And pretty big one, you know, um, even though it's just some sort of little simple driving story, right? Which I think we all have countless ones. Mm-hmm. Still a miracle nonetheless, and pretty significant. Because I think that I would have been, I would have been dead or seriously injured mm-hmm. if it didn't happen. So there's all kinds of stuff like that, and we get, you know, we get stories of the way that this works in people's lives. You know, the way that we obey, even though we don't want to, even though it doesn't make sense to us. And we face opposition because of it, and there's all these problems because of it. But in the end. You see God come through. Um, I got this story. You want me to share the story, Dram? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. one, the lady, the lady story. Yeah. So this was a story um, that we got several, several years ago in the church. Um, so this is her words, not mine. So I'm just going to read it. It's not very long. Um, she actually. So this this family that I'm about to read, I still know them. They still attend the church, and I'm pretty sure she listened to the podcast. So yeah, really? I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. Um, because I talked to her about the podcast 
she brought it up to me. So I don't know if she's listening right now, but I think she listens, which is really pretty cool. So if that's the case, she's going to hear her own words. But she said, several years ago, I found out my husband was having an affair. He was far from God and refused to come to church with me and the kids, and I wanted to leave him. God clearly told me that if I wanted an answer to my prayers for my husband to come to Christ, I had to be obedient and demonstrate Christ's forgiveness to my husband. Mm. Man, that's one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. I chose to obey and forgave my husband. A couple of months later, he started attending group with us, and then he began attending union. About nine months after the affair, he raised his hand to become a follower of Christ. A few months later, he was baptized, and now he serves faithfully every Sunday. Now our whole family serves God together at Union. And this is her last line. God's reward for my obedience was beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Hmm. Here's what's even more amazing about that. That was a four-year-ago story. I know these people, and everything that was just said is still happening. He's faithfully serving still. They're in small group together. I mean, it's it's a it's amazing thing what's happening here. And you know, when we sit here and look at this, she had every right uh, to be like, "Nope, right? You're gone. Nope, I'm done. You shouldn't have did this to me. You violated us. You violated our marriage covenant. I'm out." She had every right to do that. But what she chose to do instead was not to worry about her rights, and she chose to obey. Not obey him. That's the thing, too. Not obey him. She chose to obey what the God was telling her to do. And God was saying, you want me to answer your prayers. You're going to show him what Christ's forgiveness really looks like. Hmm. And so she shows this tangible way, right, that Christ's forgiveness works. That opens him up. I absolutely believe that's going to be what opens him up to actually understanding the forgiveness that comes from Jesus, not just from her, because the forgiveness that she was giving him was coming from Jesus through her relationship with Jesus. And then that ends up leading to true life change and then a miracle in their family. Hmm. A miracle, and not just, you know, not just for her, not just for him, but then you've got the miracle that's happening for the children. You know, the miracle that's happening not just for them, but for the church too. You know, for the people that he's impacting, she's impacting, the children are impacting for the gospel. It's just miracles all around. Hmm. And it all came from one act of obedience that you clearly could have not done. You know, I mean, God lays it out there like that. You know, we, we the, the apostles were reading through this. They could have clearly been like, nope, been to jail twice. We're going to kind of go underground. We're not going to preach like this no more. I hear you, God. I know what you're saying, but we're going to back off a little bit. That's not what happens at all. And it's the same thing with us. You know, I could have not obeyed with the seatbelt. God gave me that choice. I don't know what would have happened. I'm just saying I could have not. She could have not obeyed either. We don't know what would have happened. But because there's obedience here, you end up seeing a God's you end up seeing God's miracle. Yeah. I think it's profound. Hmm. And I think that we've got to get our heads around that obedience and God's miracles go together. We've got to get our heads around those things. If you want to see a move of God in your life, obey him. If you want to see a profound move, if you want to be a part of a miracle, who don't want to be a part of a miracle? You know, if you want to see that, obey. Hmm. And once again, this ain't about things being perfect. You know, these folks were in jail. 
Her life is a mess right here, obviously. It's not, and it's not to say that there's still not hurt going on with this lady. I know her. I know their story. I know this still bothers her and hurts her. But opposition is still going to come at you. It's not going to mean that things are going to be easy. But it will trigger a miracle. It does. And so we've got to remember that when we're being obedient, we are obeying a God who is capable of anything. Right, and all he's asking us to be capable of is obeying. Hmm. You know, he's capable of everything. All we've got to do is be capable of saying, "Yes, sir." <laughs> you know, yeah. just 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 saying, "Okay, I, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do what you say. I'll follow your leadings. I'll follow your promptings. I'm going to obey you, not me, not what's going on around me. I'm going to obey you." And when we do that, I mean, I firmly believe it's it's scripturally based. I believe that it's also um, based in my own experiences. I believe as a pastor, I've seen this based in multiple other people's experiences. And then also as us as a church body together, like as, you know, for larger ministry related decisions and obedience Hmm. that his miracles come through. So it's not just from personal experience. It also is from scripture. Um, And I think that's a, this is a mark of the church. The mark of God's church, one of the marks of God's church is that we obey what he says do. And then therefore, miracles happen. Hmm. And they still happen, and they still happen in the same way. They come from obedience. Hmm. So we got we to gotta obey. Yeah. Right? That's good. And I bet you've got some personal stories of this too. As you're, Something like this makes you start to think through times in your life. And, you know, you're thinking through some old examples of this as well right now. Right. Hold on to those examples. They're important. Um and, I'm, and I, I really believe that every time Livy and I drive past that spot and we end up talking about it, it's just another reminder to me that God works in mysterious ways. Mm. But then also, all I got to do is obey. That's my job. So Yeah. That's really good. Yep. Wow. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the Messy Up podcast today. Um, wow, that's just really good. I, I love when we record something and I feel like I walk away from actually – learning something um so it's i'm I'm actually with you listeners (laughs) i'm one of those y'all's listeners so i'm 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 in we were talking about that earlier how you know when you when you teach and preach anything um it's really you that is you're teaching or preaching or or talking to yourself um that's really what's happening yeah a lot this is just group therapy for me and uh (laughs) me and graham that's all this is we're changing the actual (laughs) podcast name to group therapy group therapy with adam and graham yeah, we'll just go, we'll start introducing our names. Right. And how are you guys? Well, thank you guys for joining. Make sure to so um, go follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram. It's just the Messy Walk Podcast. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, just as the Messy Walk Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and to follow so you'll be updated each week on when we have a new episode and. Yeah, we're just really thankful for you guys listening. I've heard a lot more people joining the, the the podcast and everything. So it just encourages us to know that you guys are being encouraged. For and sure, for it. sure. Next week we'll hit another principle of obedience. Yes, third one for sure. The next one's going to be bold obedience always requires faith. So don't always miss it. Always requires out. faith for sure. Yeah. See y'all. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.